Welcome to the Ringer NFL show. I am Nora Princiati. Uh, If you have not noticed, these are not the dulcet tones of Kevin Clark. Kevin is on vacation, no doubt perusing multiple golf outfits and deciding which will make him look the most obnoxious. We will miss him dearly, but we have a great show for you guys. Jordan Roderick of The Athletic and Kalen Jones, The Ringer here. We are going through all 32 teams and playing a little bit of quarterback matchmaker, predicting who's going to be the starter for each team week one of next season. All that and more. We also touched on J.J. Watt, who was released by the Texans. So it's a great show. Uh, Hope you guys enjoy it. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerNFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerNFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Well, I am so excited. We have a couple of Sun Devils in the house right now. Uh, Kalen Jones and Jordan Rodriguez of The Athletic, who does an incredible job covering the Rams, covering the NFL writ large. Incredible feature writer. I am a little bit biased because also a dear friend of mine. So I'm so thrilled that we have you here. Jordan, how are you doing? Doing really well. Two of my favorite writers on the planet. I'm sitting in a Zoom call with with Kalen Jones and Nora Princiati. So um, very, very excited. And um, thanks for having me on and, and really excited to be here and play our play our fun game here today. I will say that Kaylin and Jordan, before we started rolling, just went on the grossest love fest about how much they admire each other. And I was like sitting over here puking. Um, you can't not admire. Kaylin's the best, man. Everyone, everyone needs to be reading Kaylin Jones. Like that's, that, that's my, that's my mantra. So. Oh my gosh, Jordan. You're like, you're, if, if I was lighter, I'd be blushing right now. That's where I'm at. But seriously, I read everything she writes. She's you guys are well, both of you guys are really high examples for me. You can ask Nora. Like I oh my like, God, slid gross. into her Slack cut, DMs. Cut it out like, right now. Nora I'm, Pizziotti. I will turn this podcast around. I will <laughs> turn this podcast around. All right. I'm just saying. All right, you're cut off. You're cut off. This is what we're, we're doing. We're gonna get to the game. <laughs> we're getting to the game. This is getting gross. Um, so we're gonna play a little quarterback matchmaker today. And I think this will be a fun game because as this offseason gets underway, something I think we're all expecting is that there's going to be the potential for unprecedented quarterback movement in the NFL. I think Adam Schefter tweeted something before the Super Bowl. It was during the playoffs, but it was just a list of, I think, 18 names of quarterbacks (laughs) who could potentially be changing hands. And actually, I think Schefter said that he was taking the over on the number of guys that would change teams. I hate to go against that guy. As I was going through this exercise, one thing that struck me was that maybe it'll be a little bit less crazy than we're all anticipating, but maybe it won't. So the way that we're going to do this is we're going to go through in alphabetical order because I don't want anyone to uh, 
zone out when we're talking about a specific division and think that you can just guess where we are. (laughs) I will say I Googled a list of NFL teams in alphabetical order because I didn't want to do it myself because I'm a fundamentally lazy person. And then as I was going through it, I realized that this list I found online actually isn't perfect alphabetical order. So if anybody um, is a real stickler and a perfectionist for things like that, I'm very sorry. You're going to be dissatisfied with the order that we're doing this in, but I think it'll be a fun game and hopefully that makes up for it. I have um, to leave. And I we'll think definitely now, Nora. <laughs> Jordan just quits. We're done. The show's over. Non-alphabetical order. Oh my God, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. And so obviously some of these are going to be a little bit more obvious than others, including the first one, which is the Arizona Cardinals. I have them sticking with Kyler Murray, uh, who took them from five, 10 and one as a rookie to eight and eight last season. Obviously the MVP kind of hype and conversation was maybe a little bit premature about Kyler, but if he can continue to progress, I think this one's fairly clear cut. Did anybody not have Kyler Murray for the Cardinals? I had Kyler, uh, got to cover a lot of Kyler Murray this year. And, um, what I think I'm interested in Nora is yes, I think Kyler Murray is the quarterback long-term here for the Arizona Cardinals. What I'm more curious about is how much longer will he be paired with Cliff Kingsbury in that regard? This is a situation where I think Kyler Murray is the anchor point in Arizona. Um, and, and, you know, they're still sort of, I think, figuring things out with the signal caller up there. Sure. I think one thing we've talked about this, um, on this show in relation to Cliff a bunch in that he's a guy who seems to make, he's made a lot of mistakes. Um, (laughs) definitely had some, some foibles this season. One thing that I do like about him at least early on when he just had that job was that it seemed like he had an ability to grow and learn from mistakes, particularly schematically in that first year when later in the season he was more willing to get away from his bread and butter a little bit. Is there anything that you would point to, Jordan, where you think, okay, if if Cliff just stopped doing this, things could progress in a positive direction pretty quickly? Um, I think it's maybe a little bit even simpler than that. I think that if, if one or two teams in the NFC West has your number, you probably won't coach there long-term. And so he needs to get over that hump of not being able to beat the Rams and not winning at the last minute or in the last, you know, couple plays of the game, um, games, tight games against other NFC West opponents, because I think you want to you want to show you can at least at times dominate within that division. And especially we can't really rule out the 49ers as a great sample size this year because of all the injuries and the COVID issues that they had. So I think that he has to show that he can actually dominate an NFC West team on a consistent basis, or at least be competitive middle of the pack, um, up in that really tight top heavy margin where, uh, the, the 49ers, the Rams and the Seahawks always can seem to be competing. And I don't think it's for lack of offensive potential. So where they're, where that disconnect sort of is, I think that's the question that, um, you know, Steve Kime, uh, you know, that they have to be asking themselves up there or down there or sideways there. I'm in California. So (laughs) (laughs) I love having a division expert. All right. So number two, the Atlanta Falcons, Kalen, what's your pick there? Um, I put Matt Ryan and Trey Lance because, uh, Look, it. I, I know that, you know, you're not supposed to couple up, I guess, be a throuple here. But I mean, it, when you have <laughs> Matt Ryan, who was this late into his career, 
I mean, relationships in the NFL are finite, especially quarterbacks. But I mean, you you know that Arthur Smith and the Atlanta Falcons, they're looking to, you know, greener pastures this offseason. And I think it would be wise to keep Matt Ryan and kind of keep that continuity with the offense, but also add an uber talented quarterback who, by the way, only played one game at the FCS level next year um, or last year and give him a chance, you know, sit behind you know, Matt Ryan and really take in the offense because so often at every level, really, you hear from high school to college, college to NFL, young players always talk about the speed of the game being different from what it was before. And I think allowing Lance that time to grow into the system will really benefit the Falcons. I like it. I mean, Matt Ryan's 36. He's still a really potentially productive NFL quarterback. I'm very curious to see what Arthur Smith's run game does for him just by taking a little bit of pressure off because Matt Ryan led the NFL in, in passing attempts last season. I think if he got into a system that was a little bit more quarterback friendly and he just wasn't dropping back all the time over and over, over and over again, then he gets back to being just the higher caliber Matt Ryan that we've seen in the past. And then to your point, Kalen, if that happens, they're not going to be picking number four overall very often. Right. So... Yes, quarterbacks drafted that high usually are drafted to start pretty quickly, but I can definitely see the logic in that. Um, I'll save my prediction for the end because it's actually a little bit similar and a little bit different. But Jordan, what did you think? Yeah, I love what Kalen said, because I think Matt Ryan's a really good sort of gap year quarterback or bridge quarterback um, at this point in his career. And that, of course, is not an insult. I think it's a it's an admirable thing to be able to do at 36 and then 37 years old. So Kalen um, already said thruple. So I think don't worry about your tact here. (laughs) But, you know, I, I actually think that if they stay at four and obviously you're probably drafting a quarterback if you're at that pick point, if you're current quarterback is 36 years old. So, but I actually had them taking Justin Fields. Um, but I had that because I think the Panthers are maybe going to try to trade o- trade up over them if the Dolphins bite on that. Um, and so they, the Falcons would want to not only maybe have Justin Fields, but also keep him away from Carolina. That's kind of how, um, how salty things get down there in the NFC South sometimes. So sure. Spicy, spicy. You you are cornering a little market on NFC division dynamics. It's the chaos. It's the chaos division. So that's why I'm in it. I love it. The the perfect (laughs) fit. So I have the same prediction as you, which was to keep Matt Ryan, who by the way, has a $40 million cap hit this season. So he's fairly well entrenched there. He becomes easier to move on from um, next year. And then particularly in uh, before 23, he'd have a pretty manageable amount of dead money. Um, I think if they do not get a really great offer for to for more draft picks and more draft capital to collect there, I think fields would be a really good option there. Um, so number three, the Buffalo Bills sticking with Josh Allen. Do we have anybody with alternate theories? No. Okay. Josh Allen and Buffalo. (laughs) Love it. Everybody's happy. The happiest place on earth. Um, I love to hear it. No, Uh, you had a great great piece on Josh Allen this year, I think. Right. Yeah. I have my large, actually my large adult (laughs) quarterback son. So I'm very happy to keep him where he is. Obviously they'll be sort of entering a different phase where aside from hoping, obviously that this year was not a fluke for him. It'll be less about taking big swings for a Stefan Diggs 
then it will be just finding little places to augment that roster and not have it deteriorate because uh, they don't have as much money to play around with anymore. Number four is the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson for me. Any any detractors there? <laughs> Lamar, it's Lamar's world, and we are living in it, and I am happy about just that. Living in it. Yeah, and I'm happy well, about that. I I kept Lamar there, but we can squarely say they're out of the honeymoon phase because look, it it's it's very much a very good relationship, very stable, right? But they're you know again they're out of the honeymoon phase. There are problems that both sides need to address. And until they really address those issues for Lamar, it's really, you know, taking that next step as a passer and the Ravens really helping him as far as getting him and securing him top elite weapons because he led the league and dropped passes. I think it was 7.5, according to quarterback data mine uh, last season, which was the most in the NFL by nearly a whole percent. So both sides need to address their issues, but it's very good, stable, healthy relationship. I'm interested to see how that plays out long term, Kalen, to your point, because I think right now, just like what you said, they're, they're in that stable space, but, um, one or two variables for the better or for the worse could completely turn that on its head as we see so often with core throughout this league. So, um, to your point, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how that, how that goes moving forward. And he's going to have to get paid too. Yep. They're going to have to start talking extension, figuring out how to fix that passing game a little bit. And yeah, so moving out of the honeymoon phase and into the, into the pay me phase is a little bit of, that's like, that's, that's when you DTR for real in the NFL. Um, all right. Oh, okay. So this is a big one because Jordan, we are going to lean on your Carolina Panthers expertise Mm -hmm. here. So I'll go to you first. What do you have for Carolina? A paragraph of notes. Jordan just held up like the most intricately designed. There's like sheet arrows. Of paper. There's like arrows and stars and brackets. It's all it's all Panthers football, baby. Um, <laughs> yeah. So okay. So they have to take a quarterback, right? And um, as we know, they are have been even competitive in trade conversations. Scott Fitterer says he wants to be a part of every trade. David Tepper, the owner, wants to make a splash trade at this point and, you know, has his coach and everybody who he um, sort of handpicked to bring in to his staff um, at that point. So it's time to to make a splash. And they've been really sort of um, blunt and crazy blunt, actually, about their their desire to sort of move on from from Teddy Bridgewater, who they lobbied to bring in in the first place. So that's how quickly things can, can pivot and change. If decision makers decide it is so, um, they have to take a quarterback. So if they don't trade up, I could see them lobbying to trade up, um, to leapfrog over Atlanta, that Atlanta pick point is going to be huge for them in terms of where you need to maybe draft up and over. Um, so they have the resources to combine to, to do that. If Miami becomes a, a trade partner, um, I don't know. I will get to this later. I don't know that Deshaun is ultimately going to be available, um, but they'll they'll lobby and be part of that conversation if it happens. If and I don't know if Russell Wilson is ultimately going to be available. And Panthers fans might kill me for saying this, but they might be in the conversation for trying to lobby a trade for a guy like you know a player like Russell Wilson, a veteran player with sort of that big game potential and, and all of that. But they got to draft one. If not. And, um, I have them 
either, I know they love Justin Fields. I know they like Mac Jones, um, which is interesting too. So he's an option. Um, and so I see Justin Fields, Mac Jones, but it really depends on what happens above them and how aggressive they want to be. So Mac Jones, they could potentially stay at eight. Yeah, and they could be, stay and at running eight. for. That's really interesting. That would be if they like him, obviously, more than using those resources for fields. And I also put down in my little crazy notes section here that if there's an opportunity for a tag and trade situation with Dak Prescott, they would they would be all in on on something like that as well. In my mind, are the Panthers currently the NFL's? like quarterback thirstiest team. I don't mean necessarily neediest, (laughs) but like they're just. (laughs) They're on every dating app. Let's just say that. Yeah, they're liking everyone's IG photos, sliding everyone's DMs. Swiping, swiping, (laughs) swiping. That's what's going on down there. I do want to ask you, Jordan, just to, to keep talking about this since you know so much about it for a second. Where is that? Is that coming from, in your opinion, an assessment of where that roster is currently? Or is there enthusiasm for going out and getting one of these guys and trying to be a major player in all of these upper tier guys who are potentially available. Is that coming from Tepper? Is that coming from the front office feeling like this is the window opens now? What's the origin story of them feeling like it's time to pounce? Yeah, I don't think. Oh, nice use of pounce yeah. for a cat team. Wow, um, I didn't wow. even do that on purpose. <laughs> Shout that out, Kaylin. I saw Kaylin start nodding, and I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> she did." <laughs> my um, two favorite people in the NFL right now are Josh Allen and Sir Purr, the Panthers mascot. So, <laughs> who's that bear? Thrilled. <laughs> who's that bear? Um, uh, yeah, I don't think that it. I don't think it opens their window. I think it's the realization that if you have now your, your head coach has now had a year in the league and sort of starts to understand the processes and how he needs to run and be the CEO and the coach of his team. Um, you also know that head coaching success is, can be made or, or broken by quarterback success. So at this point in, uh, the Matt rule tenure, it seems like the option was probably going to be either this year or next to tie yourself to a quarterback of the future. And that's what we saw happen back in, in 2011 when Ron Rivera and Marty Herney drafted Cam Newton. And he basically carried that team in, in, in many ways to success. And so, you know, it, it's really interesting now because uh, the owner, you know, David Tepper does have a ton of decision-making power, has made a lot of these major, major decisions behind the scenes, um, even as far back as, as 2019. And so, you know, of course he wants to make a, a splash move and show that, you know, they're going to try to be competitive. They're going to try to be in on all the trades, um, on every dating app, as we like to say. And, and, um, and I think it's time for Matt rule to attach himself to a franchise quarterback. Um, if, if I'm sort of looking at and reading the tea leaves of, of what's happening out there, I don't think it opens their window. They have a lot of pieces needed still. Um, but I do think that it's, it's about that time to start, um, at least walking toward the window you're going to open. Kaylin, what do you think? Yeah. So I, I agree with you guys, obviously. Um, I, I think like Jordan just pointed out, I think they're walking towards that window. Um, I put down Deshaun Watson because, you know, you could probably put Deshaun Watson as the best match for, you know, 90% of NFL teams. But let's um, go. I mean, I love it. it. I liked it because it, it just makes it, it falls in line with their aggressiveness. And the fact that they were so willing to go after 
uh, Matthew Stafford, I thought, you know, with the number eight pick and being willing to trade that, I thought, you know, gave an inkling to how aggressive they would be in this quarterback market. Um, I, I don't know as much as Jordan. So I mean, hey, if, if they're going after Russell Wilson, that that wouldn't surprise me at all either. And again, if they use the number eight pick on Matt jo- or Mac Jones, it wouldn't surprise me too much either, considering uh, the time that rule just spent with him at the senior bowl and got to see him up close and personal. Um, but I think Watson, if you're trying to get the best match here, I think him with Joe Brady is really enticing. That's spicy. Also, the, <laughs> I now have the Melissa Etheridge song come to my window just stuck in the back of my head because we've said <laughs> window so many times in this conversation. Mine, that's a good segue into mine because um, so I have them trading up to number two with the Jets to take Zach Wilson from BYU. Ooh. And I would kind of defer to Jordan just on the fit and who they might go after if they had a top pick to take a quarterback with. But because of that window, I do see more logic in them tying themselves to a young quarterback on a rookie contract. They can say that he's their guy, go all in there, but still have more resources to fill some of the other holes on the roster. So that's where I went with that. Um, We will move on to number six, which is the Cincinnati Bengals. I have them sticking with Joe Burrow. Would anybody like to object? I would not. I think that's great. Great, great match. Poor, uh, poor Joe Burrow because he needs some help, but <laughs> um, I, I would not like to object to that. All right. What about the Browns with Baker Mayfield? I, I kept him there. Anybody? Yep, I kept him there. Same. Probably with an extension. Um, Sort of. Lots of lots of differences between the two situations, but a little bit similar to that that Lamar zone where it's like they're pretty happy with each other. They should maybe be really happy with each other, but woo, uh, gotta <laughs> the honeymoon is is if it's not over, it's maybe waning. Um, all right. Oh, this is a good one. The Bears, Kalen, oh, man, what you thinking? Okay, so this is a different one for me. I, I kind of ended up here with Marcus Mariota. And I think it's it, it's weird for me with the Bears because I feel like, you know, the logical scenario, I think based on what's being reported right now, is that the Bears end up being in the mix for Carson Wentz. And I think that, you know, it makes sense. And But at the same time, I, I think that the Bears might be a little bit stingy in, in terms of, you know, how they pursue finding a quarterback that can, you know, kind of operate within their system. I think Mariota would be a cheaper cheaper option there and also provide the upside that they probably want, especially considering that they're too low in the draft right now to go get one of those younger guys who can immediately step in and potentially be the face of your franchise long-term. Sure, and Mariota, I think his salary is like $10.6 million for next season, so that's yep. pretty manageable. Obviously, it seems clear that the Mitchell Trubisky era has come to an end. Um, Jordan, what you thinking? Yeah. I mean, I really, I do agree with, with Kalen. I do have a different team projected for Marcus Mariota, but I'll keep it as a surprise. Um, but that's like, I'm aligned with, with that sort of thinking totally, because I think that, um, you know, they're, they're probably going to be in the mix for several of these more veteran free agent quarterbacks. I think that, um, they would, they would probably be in the mix for a a Carson Wentz. But the other thing is that they have sort of missed so many times on 
on quarterback. And, and so can you, can you bear that as, as the GM, as the head coach, can you continue to hold that and, and keep that as a part of your resume and then still be successful moving forward? But yeah, they're in a really tough spot because, um, they're just outside of that area where they could probably get like a a pretty solid starter. So they're probably going to be going after one of these, one of these veterans. And, uh, I don't know if, any of them will be great options for them, but, um, you know, there's always next year, I guess. <laughs> if you had to pick one of those potentially not, uh, massive amounts of hope inspiring veteran options, who would you pick? Yeah, I have, uh, I have down, uh, Wentz question mark. Yeah. I have down. I okay. This this is where it gets wild. The Bears were like my one where I was like, it's gonna cause me pain to think about this more than I need to. But yes, I have same. I have Foles question mark, which I think is less likely. But I do have Foles question mark. I have Dalton question mark. So you know, I don't. Yeah, I did match Marcus and Mar- Marcus Mary. I love what Kalen said about Mariota. I did match him with a different team earlier in the process. I didn't go alphabetically, so. Um, yep. that's why I can't say that right now. Cause that I'm doubling up and, and, you know, stickler here. So, but I actually think, I think Foles question mark, Wentz question mark, Dalton question mark is maybe the perfect encapsulation of yeah. where the Chicago bears are as a franchise right now. Um, I have them signing Ryan Fitzpatrick. So oh. sort of in oh, the nice. same vein, I go. could see them doing that and going for a double dip, um, unless they are. Uh, unless the the Panthers swipe him, if they stick at eight, I could see them taking Mac Jones. Uh, they're at twelve, which should be sort of in the in the Mac Jones zone, I think. But yeah, Chicago was one of the teams that I was most surprised when I was oh, doing this. Yeah. Where obviously we knew that the Trubisky thing was over, but I just couldn't come up with. Oh, here's the thing that they should be right. absolutely yeah. trying to go do like just because they don't seem like they're in the running for the top tier guys. Like Deshaun Watson is not going to the Chicago bears. That's not happening. And it gets hard after a certain point where you're like, okay, so should they try to bring another year out of that defense? Not, not really. But if you don't, there's people fighting for their jobs there. And if you don't have an at least stable quarterback situation, where's that going to go? And as always, the answer is to give, Ryan Fitzpatrick, like $15 million and (laughs) just hope it works out for the best. (laughs) I'm glad you guys Um, all all had question marks there because I (laughs) literally had question marks. Well, Jordan, when you were saying um, like, will it work out for them? If this were, if this podcast were a meme, that's where it would be like narrator. No. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of memes, uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Caitlin, what'd you think of? Um, I have Dak Prescott here, and I was tempted to jokingly put him somewhere else, but you know, I think he he makes the most sense here. And I know that they don't. Uh, there's been a lot of drama, I guess, as far as like him being in the media recently, since we're out of Super Bowl content. And I know that you know the Cowboys neglected to put him in was it their hype video for the start of the season, and then yesterday, or, or excuse me, on Monday, um, Blake Jarwin posted on. Instagram and Dak Prescott commented that, you know, he wants to come back. So I know that we're talking about that right now, but I think he's going to end up saying it just makes the most sense to bring him back. 
So the franchise tag number for him, because it would be 120% of his previous year's salary when he was already playing on it, that's $37 million. Is that, do you think that they would keep him on the tag or do you think that they would reach an extension? I mean, the belief is that they would reach... sign him to a new contract, technically. Right, right, right. Like, the belief would be that they find a way to pay him, right? To pay him to a long-term deal because, again, there's not too many quarterbacks in the NFC who are over the age of 30 that are as talented as him. So it makes sense to keep him long-term. But that being said, you know, it wouldn't shock me at all because it's Dallas Cowboys. Like, if they failed, you know, the the agree to a, a deal and he ended up playing on the cap, which, you know, that if that's what you got to do and kick the can for one more season, that's what you got to do. Right. I think I also had them keeping Dak. I had them doing it on the franchise tag. Ultimately, to sign him to a new deal, I imagine that's going to start around $40 million a year. So... 37.7 is what I think the number is. That's <laughs> you're actually not overpaying and you're just doing it for a year. Obviously that gives him the opportunity to be a free agent the following season. But given that he's coming off that injury, given that it's just probably easier to reach that deal and just tag him. Um, I think that's the most likely situation. Jordan, what do you think? Yeah, I have Dak uh, written down here, but I also have um, a picture of a phone. <laughs> So, <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm so lame. Explain oh my yourself. God. So I, I do think that teams are going to be calling them to see if he could be available via tag and trade situation, just because, um, you know, this Dak Prescott is the kind of quarterback that you should want to build a franchise around. I mean, he is an incredible young man. So I think that if it's not the Cowboys and they're kind of dragging their feet and I, I get it, the injury situation, I understand that, but, but he has put up the body of work that tells you, you know, if he comes back and he's even 95% of how he was playing previously, previous to the injury, then this is someone who you can feel good about long-term. And I think other, other teams would be making that phone call to see if he would be available because teams without a quarterback or teams that are, are ready. Like I said earlier about the Panthers teams that are ready to marry themselves long-term to a quarterback and, and in that space and in that frame of mind and in that resource mode where they're, they're wanting to do that, I think would be making a phone call about somebody like Dak Prescott. Cause like I said, I mean, you, the Cowboys should be, should be extending him understandably financially. The tag is probably the one that makes sense for this year. They should be extending him, but you know, they, if they don't, for God only knows what reason, um, then other teams should be calling about him because they, they could really build around Dak Prescott for the long term. I think is Carolina, the team that you would be interested to see Dak on, or is there an offense somewhere that you would be curious to see what that fit would look like? It's kind of, to me, it feels a little bit like what Kalen said about Deshaun. I feel like you could put him excitably with many teams across the league and, and think that, Hey, this, this could really work out well. I think that, um, he can, he can run pretty much any system that you, that you put out there and, and do it well. And so I think that that's to me, the interesting part of this is, um, I think when we talk about league record quarterback movement, um, and taking the over on quarterback movement and stuff, I think there's, there's merit to, 
almost every team in the league making calls to see if they can upgrade their own position and making calls to see if other guys are, I mean, we saw the Rams shoot their shot for Aaron Rodgers, like, you know, like they're at least going to make the call to see if the dude's available, you know? So I think that, I think that that's the interesting part of this, because, um, if you feel that someone could even possibly be available, um, then, then you have to make that phone call. So that's why I kind of drew my little phone telephone picture. I love it. I absolutely (laughs) love it. I think this is a financial impossibility, but if there were a way to get Dak in San Francisco, I would just absolutely die to see that. Oh yeah. Um, Oh yeah. Another team that I think is in one of those situations where if you have an opportunity to go for it, it's worth it. But that I had a hard time figuring out who all the pieces would would fit together perfectly for is the Denver Broncos. Um, so I will go first. I had them trading up to number seven with Detroit and taking North Dakota State's Trey Lance. And I think he has eventually the potential to take advantage of the receivers they have there. I think it is probably time to assume that Drew Locke is not the future. I'm not saying move on from him. He is still incredibly cheap. You can see I am a big proponent of double dipping, triple dipping at the quarterback position until you find your guy. But I think there is more evidence that he's probably not the fit there than he is. So I had them addressing that in the draft after failing to orchestrate something where they could get a Dak get a Watson, but I'm curious if either of you guys had maybe, uh, non-draft solutions at the quarterback position for the Denver Broncos, or if you kept Locke there, Caitlin, why don't you go? I kept Locke there. And I think it's because, you know, I, 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 like you said, Nora, I think the relationship there has kind of deteriorated to the point where they know this is kind of ending soon, but we're hearing it now. So we're just going to try and enjoy what we can while also trying to move on at the same time. Um, I I think that they'll stick with Locke probably or end up being stuck with Locke this season while also adding a veteran in free agency. I could see like Ryan Fitzpatrick or somebody else being added to kind of compete and push Drew Locke. But I don't know how Denver kind of addresses it. And like you said, maybe they trade up in the draft and make an aggressive run. But I think with considering the age of their defense, mostly, you're kind of looking at a shorter window to compete, I guess. But you also have a young offensive core, so it makes sense to add a young quarterback. They have kind of flexibility. there. Mm-hmm. Love it. Jordan? Yeah, I actually have Locke plus competitive backup, uh, and that also includes a veteran player. So I, I like Kalen's Fitzpatrick match there. Um, but I, you know, I, I do also like the fact that Detroit's going to be a really really good trading partner for a variety of teams, probably this draft and next. And as long as they have the Rams first round picks until next century. So, you know, the Broncos are in this weird no man's land kind of right now, because, um, yeah, you've got a quarterback on a cheap deal and you're not, you're pretty sure that it's not going to work, but but there's that always like that little thing in the back of your mind. That's like, well, maybe this next season could be the one, maybe, it'll, maybe it'll be fine. And the Broncos to me, haven't done many splashy things in the last couple of years. Maybe that changes now with, with new decision makers in place. But, um, yeah, I see them bringing in a, a veteran competitive backup, uh, who potentially sort of eclipses 
Drew Locke at, at some point. And then, you know, 2022, uh, there's also some, some really interesting quarterback prospects in that case. So if you, if you fail and you fail epically, then you, you might still be in a pretty good position to, to grab a guy. The name of this podcast is now which team is going to give Ryan Fitzpatrick his next $10 million. <laughs> <laughs> This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerNFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerNFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Speaking of that potentially good trading partner in the Detroit Lions, uh, Jordan, I'm going to go to you first on this because you obviously covered Jared Goff and I have him as their week one starter. I'm curious, one, just your general thoughts on his fit there, but also this is me assuming that you also have him as their week one starter. Can Do you indeed? Will you just confirm that to us right here? Yes, I do. But I did enjoy you getting a little angsty about it there for a second. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. She might not have done this. Like they might not be done. It's so there's a couple of these guys and golf is totally one of them right now where I'm like, who, who is this quarterback? What do we think of him? Like, what's, what's the deal here? Um, but in your, in your mind, how, how do you think that'll work out? Yeah. You let it ride with him at least for a year. Um, he's, he's not super tough to cut after two years. So you have at least a year, maybe two in which you, you let it ride to, to see how it works out with him. And honestly, I think, especially with the coaching staff they've assembled up there, I think he's a good fit for what system they're going to run. He is a quarterback who operates effectively and, and smoother than, than in other situations when, um, they're running the ball heavily. And especially bringing Anthony Lynn up there, especially, um, you know, kneecap man talking about, you know, all of the, all of the different things they want to do in establishing the run Jared Goff in the play action and particularly a play action that predicates off a run, an effective run game, not necessarily the, the non-run type. And, and, you know, he can be very, very effective in that regard. So they have two years to work out the, you know, the turnover issues and, and figure out, you know, that that he showed that it's, he's not going to be super rattled or ruffled if they do bring in a competitive young backup or a competitive, you know, young ultimately guy who's going to take over for him. He's not a guy who is going to sort of get his feathers ruffled by that. So, um, you know, I think that it's kind of Detroit's in a great situation, which is like, I just said that out loud. Like, can you like, this is incredible. They're in kind of a great situation for the next couple of years, I think with this, because, um, if he doesn't work out, you still are loaded up with enough picks and resources that you can bundle to get a quarterback that you think will work for you. And then now you have some time, um, with this new regime to establish whether he can be your guy 
um, for longer than the next two years. And the contract isn't terrible after that. Cause all these younger guys are going to be making, you know, 40 million AAV. So, you know, Jared doesn't become the albatross anymore at that point. Right. Dan Campbell will forever be kneecap man to me. Kneecap Dan. 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 Kneecap oh, man. man. All right, Kalen, who is kneecap man's quarterback? Uh, I agree with Jordan. She nailed everything. You know, Jared Goff gives them a chance, you know, kind of tank really without intentionally tanking or, you know, <laughs> potentially so or, or, or that's what I was saying. I was going to get to the or, or Jared Goff plays to a really high level. And like similarly to what was it the the year that they made it to the Super Bowl? So, I, I mean, either way, like Jordan said, Detroit is kind of in a really, really good situation for what the future holds, and I think the potential there is very good with kneecap Dan in charge there. So. All right, you heard it here first. The Lions are tanking. That's Kalen Jones. Uh, you can tweet at him, <laughs> Lions fans, if you're angry. Um, the Green Bay Packers. Let's stay in division here. Despite all of the drama, I have them keeping Aaron Rodgers. I think they will work it out. Does anybody feel differently? I think they keep him as much as many shots will be shot. Um, I, I think they're keeping him. <laughs> Some couples are messy. <laughs> Kalen, what you think? Exactly. Yeah, I think I think it's just a messy relationship. I think they like the drama. At least Aaron Rodgers. I don't even know if he likes the drama. He just he needs the drama. He needs it. You know, it's some people don't like the drama, but they need the drama. Exactly. Aaron Rodgers is one of those people. Yeah. But he's the saying. drama. The drama to Aaron Rodgers is what the run game is to Jared Goff. I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, the drama to the Houston Texans. Our next mm. team is an enigma wrapped in a mystery, wrapped in um, a flaming dumpster. Uh, Jordan is holding up her notebook again, and I can't read it, but it just looks spectacular. It looks like there's a lot of info in there. Um, So because you held up your notebook so confidently, Jordan, what is your prediction for the Houston Texans? I wrote nothing, and I listed a bunch of reasons. (laughs) No, I mean... So they just fold. We're we're done with the Texans. (laughs) This was just me angrily writing about Houston because I think that they're treating this situation terribly. And I even wrote the way JJ Watt was announced was clearly grasping at any PR straws that they could find um, because the situation with Deshaun Watson is, is awful. And the situation with the franchise and how, you know, they've handled all of these things, uh, you know, for, for months now um, has has not been good. And teams, you know, I I get it. There's, there's new leadership in there in some phases where, you know, you, you, hopefully those phases have a say over player personnel and player, you know, well-being. but you just don't know, you don't, you, you know, you read all of these things and you just don't know what, you know, how great of a place or how even okay or medium of a place it could be for, for a player. So, um, I'm, I know I'm getting, I feel like I know, I think it's pretty bad. Yeah. It seems like pretty bad. I, I'm trying to be polite here because like this is it really I, I really don't want to see any player, any quarterback with them because I'm I'm angry at them. I think that that sucks. It's a crappy way to treat people. So because of karma, they just say that they have to run like a, a high school quarterback proof offense. Okay. I love this. Uh, here's what I here's what I really think. Yeah, they're gonna run the triple option. Um here's <laughs> no, here's what I really think. I do I I think it's going to get uglier as time passes. I think that 
um, they're not going to trade Deshaun Watson because as a football team, if you have, you know, a working brain, you don't trade a guy like Deshaun Watson, who is like this transcendent talent and wonderful human being. And, you know, you, you, of course, if you're rebuilding and you have a franchise quarterback, that's the puzzle piece that everybody covets and wants. Um, at the same time, you know, teams are going to offer crazy, crazy assets and resources to bring Deshaun Watson into their own, their own system. And it's really kind of tough to, to predict how this shakes out other than sort of a standoff situation through 2021. It is my sincere hope that they trade him before the draft so that they can use those picks to rebuild. Obviously, if you're Nick Casario, this kind of stinks because you're right. They solved the hardest problem to solve in sports, arguably. They have an elite franchise quarterback, one of the best players in the game, and they screwed it up. But I think that these standoffs ultimately come down to a lot of public opinion. And I think things look so objectively messy and screwed up there that I would count on Deshaun both because of that context and also because of his sort of steadfastness as a, as a person. I think he will stick it out if he has to, and hopefully he will be able to sort of communicate to them, telegraph to them that he would be willing to do that so that it doesn't have to get to that point. That's me being a little bit glass half full here. Um, I really, I think the obvious thing here which is if Deshaun does get traded, that it would be to Miami and they would send back to a is the most likely thing just because the cost of a trade package for Watson is going to be such that only a handful of teams can afford it. I think Miami's one of them. It seems like he would certainly be willing to play there. We've we've talked about this. We've done a bunch of shows about this, so I don't need to go too far in depth about it. But he has a no trade clause, so he has power there. That is what I did. Kalen, what was your solution for the Houston Texans? Um, so I put Andy Dalton here because and for the record, I don't think Deshaun Watson gets straight. I think Jordan laid it out really well. Like he this is going both sides are pretty entrenched here. And I think this is gonna last beyond the NFL draft. And I agree that with you, Nora, that I, it does. Like, I agree with you that, you know, Doesn't the Jets, it hurt your soul. Like, it, does. it just hurts your it, it's, it just hurts it's my annoying. soul. It's annoying because, again, like Nora said, you, you solved the hardest question in sports. You found a 25 year old franchise quarterback. And I mean, the two teams that make the most sense, the Jets and the Dolphins, I think, like you said, Nora, I think Tua coming back to Houston makes, you know, is if you're Nick Casario, you're like, okay, he's probably the higher potential quarterback of the two between him and Sam Darnold. So I think that makes sense. But for the sake of, you know, my list making sense, because I already gave off the Sean Watson to the, the Panthers, I think Andy Dalton would be like the only, I mean, there's a few free agents that they can go after, but he's the one that I ended up landing in Houston. No offense to Andy Dalton, but that would make me laugh if that happened. Uh, <laughs> it's a no right, win so, situation. Cause either way, no someone, win. someone has to go there. Like we all want Deshaun Watson to escape, escape from there right. and get out of that situation. That's becoming more toxic by the day. But, um, then someone else has to go there. So we're all like, Ooh, no, <laughs> <laughs> maybe no. just, just pay Andy Dalton a lot of money. And then he'll- Ryan Fitzpatrick. No, I'm just kidding. Right. Yeah, that's it. Yep. <laughs> Who's going to give Ryan Fitzpatrick his next $10 million? All right. I don't think the next team to give Ryan Fitzpatrick $10 million is going to be the Indianapolis Colts. 
Uh, I have them trading for Carson Wentz and he can reunite with Frank Reich and they have a lot of cap space. Doesn't preclude them from, you know, um, keeping Jacoby Brissett around, having multiple options. But I think that reclamation project is probably the most likely fit there following Philip Rivers' retirement. Jordan, what do you think? I have uh, Wentz plus Press Taylor, question mark. Um, I believe the two are quite familiar. So um, still kept the question mark. But yeah, that's that's probably my projection there. Kaylin? Yep, agreed. That's where I have Carson Wentz landing for all the reasons you guys named. Do you have a question mark? I do not have a question mark there. <laughs> that one. Uh... <laughs> That's like, you know, there used to be, I guess there probably is. I just don't go on Facebook anymore. But when you used to have your relationship status on Facebook, that's that's what it is in the NFL. It's, it's if there's a question mark on Jordan's note cheat or not. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're about to get to a few who I think don't have big question marks. So I'm going to run through them. And I want you guys to tell me if you have anyone different um, than I do. Does everybody have Patrick Mahomes for the Kansas City Chiefs? Yes. Yes. No Super Bowl overreactors here. Love it. <laughs> um, the L.A. Chargers, Justin Herbert. Yes. yes. And I yes love and yes. I love pairing him with Brandon Staley because yeah. I think those two are, are a great pair for each other. Why? Just because they're um, curious why you say that since they're different sides of the ball. What is it a personality thing or what's up with those two? Yeah, they both to me are are seekers, like um wanna learn uh as much as they can about the game and how it works, but not just that, about other variables, the philosophical stuff, the psychological stuff. Um and, and so to me, and Brandon Staley covered him for this past year down here, the way he interacted with with his players and the way that he really built um, teaching relationships with them, um, I, I think is going to be really good for Justin Herbert. We love to hear it. We love if Justin Herbert's happy, I'm happy. Um, <laughs> the Great, Los Great. Angeles, the Los Angeles Rams, Matthew Stafford. Jordan, our, our Rams expert is Matthew Stafford. <laughs> Matthew Stafford. Excellent. Excellent. Do you think, I mean, what are your thoughts about the fit for him in that offense? We've talked about it a bunch, so we don't need to go super in depth on it, but curious to hear your just immediate take. Oh yeah. I think it's going to be phenomenal. I think where the out of structure stuff, um, is where you're going to see the biggest difference and, you know, not like the thing that we got a, a glimpse of was how John Walford, the Rams backup was able to work out of structure, find throwing lanes, reset his launch points, things like that. Um, and not depend on a, a strong um, and, and sort of overwhelming run game in order to predicate what he could do. That's sort of the type of thing that Sean McVay sees as a blueprint for Matthew Stafford is being able to, um, you know, work out a structure enough to where the longer developing plays happen. And when your run game isn't necessarily working, your offense doesn't just completely capsize. So I think that's that's where he sees a lot of uh, strengths and decision-making, things like that. So you make them a Super Bowl contender? Um, I think that Matthew Stafford plus minimal defensive regression makes them a Super Bowl contender. Um, but they, I think, need to add a couple of pieces, shore up a couple of, of pieces, add some speed. Um, but but yeah, I think you you can always sort of count the Rams in, uh, in, a, in a reasonable playoff push at this point after... Um, you know, they've been able to sort of string together some of these types of seasons without first round picks and, and what have you, which they 
they don't like first round picks, which has been really fun to cover. <laughs> it's been kind of awesome. I'm like, well, what am I doing on day one of draft night? Nothing. I yeah, guess you just chill. You just chill. I love yeah. that. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, speaking of round one of draft night, I have them taking Trevor Lawrence first overall. Uh, any objections? Agree. Silence. Silence. All right. So then that brings us to the Miami Dolphins, who, uh, because of my Texans prediction, it is already clear. I have them with Deshaun Watson. Kalen, what do you think for the Dolphins? Um, so I have them keeping Tua here. Um, but I definitely think that, you know, it, it's definitely a possibility that, you know, your Deshaun Watson projection, it's it's possible. Um, I just think that the Dolphins will end up being a little bit more patient. I think that um, they'll probably add another veteran piece to kind of compete and push Tua just like they did last season with Ryan Fitzpatrick. But I don't think that they should move on from him too soon. Too soon. What would help Tua, Tua soon? What would help Tua um, reach greater potential next season? Um, I think that they could help him by adding a few more weapons in the passing game. I think adding him, you know, Mike Gusecki is a great tight end kind of safety valve option for him. I think Devontae Parker um, it continues to develop each and every year. Uh, but I think having Albert Wilson, you know, and I think another over the middle kind of guy that can stretch the field for him would make a lot of sense. Um, I, I just think that there's still some untapped potential there with Tua, especially coming off a year where he didn't have a full offseason to get acclimated to the game. Because I know that he caught a lot of flack for saying that he was surprised that the game wasn't as fast as he thought. But that doesn't mean that he didn't find the game as fast as, you know, being a, a, ne- a step up from college football. So I think that you just need to give him some more time. He was phenomenal in college. Jordan, what do you think for the Dolphins? Yeah, I, I echo pretty much everything Kalen said. I think that um, they'll, as much as I think that a Deshaun Watson trade over there would be really exciting and um, and I think would, again, if you add Deshaun Watson to any team in the league, that team improves. Um, but, uh, well, excuse me, almost any team, let's not a couple outliers aside. Um, but, but yeah, I think getting him being patient and getting him more weapons, I think will be, will be something that's, that's crucial. I think we sometimes forget how difficult it is to, um, come back from the type of injury that he came back from and get into your rhythm and find your, not just your confidence, but your, you know, your, all of your, um, all of the things that have to work together at one time with the mind body connection when you're playing quarterback in the NFL and diagnosing and all of these things. So, um, I would like to see him get more help. Um, uh, I really like Chris Godwin over there in free agency. Ooh. Um, I think he's like a quarterback's best friend in terms of his, his catch radius and, uh, the way he wins contested balls. I think that that, that would be a really great fit for them over there in free agency. And, um, also a, a guy that you just generally want around on your football team. Just a quick move and an inter Florida <laughs> move. Wow. Kevin Clark really upset that he's not here to, to talk about this. <laughs> um, next, definitely not in Florida, the Minnesota Vikings, anybody have them moving on from Kirk cousins? I do not. There's always rumblings, but it, I, it's just prohibitively expensive. Anyone disagree? Yeah, no, I don't disagree. I've got Kirk cousins there for better, for worse. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so then that brings us to the New England Patriots. Um, and I'm curious because Marcus Mariota, uh, as a potential trade, um, quarterback available via trade came up earlier. 
And I have the Patriots trading for Mariota. I think his salary is really manageable. Uh, it's 10 million bucks. That's the type of thing they've showed a willingness to pay at the quarterback position when they have not been willing to extend all that all that much further. Um, I can also see them being in the mix for someone like Mac Jones, but I don't because of the state of that overall roster. I don't see the Patriots shelling out for quarterback. I even think that Jimmy Garoppolo may end up being kind of too too rich for their blood. So I went with Mariota as a let's just see it's not going to cost a lot and we can use the uh, cap space and the assets that they do have to try to improve that roster so that if they did ever want to spend upwards of $25 million, which seems to be about their threshold on a quarterback, they would have a more ready-to-win situation when he got there. I think right now we're seeing that the guys like even Stafford, um, who's seemed to be pretty tactful about uh, not saying if he'd said, I absolutely won't go to the Patriots, but I, I just don't think that those guys are going to look at New England as a favorable destination right now, which puts them more in the running for somebody like a Mariota. Uh, Jordan, what do you think? Uh, here's my hot take of the day. Um, I actually don't dislike the idea of them bringing Cam back for another year because um, I'd like to see what he can do with a full maybe more normal off season. And I'd like to see what he can do with a couple of extra pieces and a couple of extra weapons around him. I don't think he's done. Um, and, and I don't think that he should be overlooked in this scenario. I know a lot went on last season and, um, between, you know, COVID and, and, you know, different, different schematic things that maybe did or didn't work. I think that, um, he still could, if they think that they can, um, either draft a quarterback and have him wait and develop if if they're in that range within the draft. Um, I, I don't rule out bringing Cam back for another year. Um, what you know from what I heard, he really loved working with uh, you know those guys McDaniel's and and uh, and Bill Belichick and and you know I think that that has I think still some potential there that we maybe haven't quite seen play out in full due to the nature of of what this last season was. Wow. Okay. So do you have any sense of what it would take financially or what kind of where Cam's head would be in terms of, is it starter money? Is it like low end starter money? Is it clearly a backup contract? Like what, what would he be willing to accept if it was for a situation that he was happy in? Well, I think, um, I think it's more so about seeing how the market would shake out kind of like how it did okay. last year. And there was less certainty about where his health was. And he came out and showed like, I could still run the football. I can still be Cam Newton. You know, I could still do these different things um, that you have designed for me. And so I, I think there's less uncertainty about that. So maybe things happen more quickly for him um, this off season. The reason why I didn't pair a Marcus Mariota over with the Patriots as sort of a gap year guy was because I I put him with another team later on down the line and I keep teasing this that. Is so like I can't the, wait yeah, to, this is the yeah, this is the dangling it. Yeah, I'm I'm stick with it. us, yep. folks. I've got a real big reveal coming down the line. But um, but no, I mean, I you know, I covered Cam for a long time and I I you know I think he has greatness still left in him and I think he's still capable of of doing some incredible things. I would really like to see finally for maybe like the first time in his career, uh, him have multiple people to throw the football to. I would really like to see that for him. So, <laughs> Wow. Uh, yeah, I don't, uh, well, 
I mean, I guess if they keep a quarterback, they can use some of that cap space on somebody to give him that opportunity. I don't know that it's there in New England right as we speak. Uh, Kalen, what do you think for the Patriots? Um, so this, I, I don't think it's realistic, I guess, in the sense that the Patriots can draft him. But I picked Mac Jones just based off the fit. Because and Doug, Doug Farrar from USA Today had a really good breakdown the other day. Oh, I tweeted it. Um, he, he broke down how Jones isn't someone who's going to create outside of structure and isn't that great outside of the pocket. And I think Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick in New England, they have, you know, they, they've shown success utilizing the system where Mac Jones could thrive. And I know that New England sent at least a scout to go watch Trevor Lawrence's pro day, which to me suggests that you know, they're interested in this draft class and at least evaluating, you know, what their options are, at least at a whole scale level. So, I mean, you could probably speak to that better than me, Nora. But like that being said, I, I think that Mac Jones would be a really, really intriguing fit and give the Patriots some juice long term if, if they were willing to trade up or, you know, wait for him if he were to fall in the draft. I think you're right. I think that I think I can definitely see them um, really liking him. 15 might end up being a little bit hard, but if they got lucky, I think they would be thrilled with that. Um, Okay, next, we've got the New Orleans Saints. I have them uh, starting Jameis Winston at long last week one of next season. Jordan, what is your thought? Well, I mean, as you could see, I've just got a big smile on my face because I think it's time to ride with Jameis. So (laughs) I think it's going to be, I think that's going to be, I think it'll surprise people in a good way. And, um, you know, he's been, he's been from what I hear and what, you know, reports have said, he's been working really hard behind the scenes and, and is sort of ready for um, reemergence. And so I think that, uh, yeah, I think that they're going to ride with Jameis and, and of course, sprinkle in their, Taysom Hill package, uh, for better or for worse. So, aye, aye, aye. yeah, yeah, <laughs> Kalen, are you also riding with Jameis? Uh, so I, I'm riding with Jameis, but I have Taysom's name first. It's T- Taysom slash Jameis because it's ooh. it's Tamis. We call that Tamis. There we go, Tamis <laughs> instead of Jason. It's Ta- Tamis. Um, Tamis. All right, so we we've, we've, we've got uh, <laughs> we've got a Jameis, a Jameis, and a Tamis. I like it, but I'm I'm happy that no one has predicted the Saints finding some ridiculous financial means to get another quarterback in the mix there, because I think I would potentially lose my mind. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Modelo. What does a true fan look like? It's cheering the loudest. It's never missing a game, no matter what. And for that, you deserve an ice cold reward because you are a fighter and Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodello.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Next, we have the New York Giants. Uh, Jordan, I will go to you first. Sticking with Daniel Jones or what do you think? Yeah, I think probably sticking with Daniel Jones. Like Dave Gettleman, I think, is going to try to wait that situation out to see uh, what they really have and, you know, who they really have. So, um, yeah, I think they're going to stick with him. Kalen. 
Yeah, I agree. I think Daniel Jones is going to be there one more season. They've they've got to figure it out down the road, but this year, you can see what you have in him. I wrote down Daniel Jones and prayer. So I think (laughs) we're all kind of on the same page here. The other New York team, the New York Jets, maybe a little bit more controversy here. I have them sticking with Sam Darnold. (gasps) I assume I will either be alone or that this will not be universal. Um, Kaylin, what was your pick here? So I have them taking Zach Wilson second overall. And I think that, you know, with, with a new regime in place, or at least head coach, um, you know, you get a fresh start, add a, a young quarterback to really build around that has, you know, arguably the second high ceiling in the draft class. So I, I think that's what the Jets wind up doing. I don't know if I'm getting duped by a um, Adam Schefter report that they want to give it a go with right. Sam again, <laughs> which could obviously be just like, you know, somebody says that because they want to they want to court some juicier trades. But I don't know. I got tempted and now I'm hearing you talk about it and going, what am I thinking? But we've seen this happen with quarterbacks who uh, are no longer paired with Adam Gase before. Right. So I would be very yeah. curious to see what they do there and if they stick with Sam um, or just to see him in a different offense, uh, something quarterback friendly where he could potentially grow. Jordan, what do you think? Um, I think that they're going to trade Sam Darnold. Uh, I think that he could go to San Francisco. Um, And I would love to see, I wrote this very formally on my note sheet at number two, saying Pat, Zach Wilson paired with Mike LaFleur of the Shanahan system dash needs to work out of structure. <laughs> wow. <Yep. laughs> so I love all of that because I would love to see Sam in the Shanahan offense in San Francisco. And then Wilson at number two in New York with those guys would also be pretty spectacular. Yeah. It's just a big Shanahan family trade here. <laughs> love it. Love it. Keeping it in house. Um, all right. So then next we have the Las Vegas Raiders. Kalen, your thoughts. I think they're going to stick with Derek Carr. Um, I know that they have the potential to trade out of his contract. It would be relatively cheap if they did, but unless they get a high enough, you know, offer that would probably give them, you know, two first round picks similar to what, uh, the Lions got for Matthew Stafford. I don't think that he's leaving. Yeah, so there have been uh, multiple reports saying that they've been taking calls on him and mostly hanging up the phone pretty quickly. So that was my pick, too, that he would stay pat. Jordan, what do you think? Yeah, I've got him staying there. I think that, um, you know, the Rams, the Rams, in my opinion, kind of ruined everybody else's party. This I mean, I say that in tongue in cheek, but because that that's such a high trade ceiling in terms of asset. Um, trade that I, I think that other teams are now using that as their baseline and no, I mean, that's just not going to happen unless you're Deshaun Watson and then it's going to be far more. So now teams are like, okay, you know, we can't use this as our baseline anymore. So now we have to circle back and, and see what maybe lower assets we could trade off. But yeah, I think that, I think that Vegas is going to stick with Derek Carr. So I had, and I'm moving on to the Eagles now. I had uh, Wentz going to Indy, and my assumption is that if that takes place, they will give Jalen Hurts an opportunity to uh, start. Kalen, what's your prediction there? 
okay, I have chaos here because I think that they will give Jalen Hurts an opportunity, but they're the Eagles, and I feel like for whatever reason they'd select Justin Fields. And oh, wow. I don't know wow. how it, I don't know how it would work, but it's the Eagles. And after they doubled up, because I think Jalen Hurts' potential is kind of limited, and I'm not the I'm not the biggest uh, Justin Fields fan. I think that uh, his his potential is pretty high, but I don't think he he'll be a consistent All Pro. Um, but I could see you know Nick Sirianni saying you know screw it, I want to get my guy in here and try to get someone who gives the offense a little bit more than what Jalen Hurts provides. So at the All Eagles right. doing weird stuff. <laughs> Jordan, um, I have them riding and riding it out with uh, Jalen Hurts. I really like Jalen Hurts. Um, I think that he uh, is kind of a, a, brush, a breath of fresh air in that system. And I hope that they give him the resources and the tools that he needs to be successful out there um, because their their window is, <laughs> is closing or slamming shut here. So, so Jordan, let's stick with you as we move on to the San Francisco 49ers because you sent, if I'm correct, Sam Darnold there, which makes yes. me very curious. Is he starting there? Uh, I mean, if they if they can't get rid of Jimmy G, <laughs> um, then you know that's a good healthy competition. Um, but I just think it's a really good system for Sam Darnold. I think that the Shanahan system kind of reset can reset you in a way as a quarterback. I think that it can. Um, you know, it's like discovering yoga at 28. You can like figure out how to revitalize your life and recenter yourself. And I think that that's wow. That's this feels, I think this that, feels like a personal anecdote. <laughs> <laughs> I just think I just think that it's a great system for uh Samuel Darnold to sort of rediscover himself in a way. And that that um particularly with, you know the coaching there and the caliber of defense there, you're probably still, if you don't have the in injury catastrophe that they had this year, um, and, and San Francisco, I also think is going to have to use their draft resources on corners on just plugging in some of these, these guys that they're going to lose in free agency. Um, and, and then I think that in that regard, you need to, you need to maybe find your quarterback via trade. And then I think that Sam Darnold would, would really benefit from, from being out there. And, and maybe you could see sort of a revitalization of maybe a, a, a version of his former self or who people could, people thought he could be, um, in that system. So is your, so do you think that if they got Darnold that he would start and they would try to move on from Garoppolo? Is yeah. Sam Darnold I think, your guy? Okay. Yeah, I think so. It, it's, even if they're competing through camp or, or whatnot, I, I do think that, um, he'd be a really good fit for that system. And you could see him winning that competition. I like. I he love loves this playing Darnold in California. Optimism. He really loves playing in California. You remember he he uh, he took the Jets into SoFi Stadium and and beat the Rams and played a great game. I, I do was there remember watching. That. Was watching in disbelief there. So something about California. That kid loves playing in California. Sunny, nice weather. But what's not to like? It's a great state, Kaylin. What do you what do you think about this? I agree. Yeah, I have I have Sam Darnold going to the Niners and I have Jimmy G as a backslash here. But, you know, like for all the reasons Jordan already listed, you know, especially the fact that he get the play in the Shanahan offense and getting to really reset himself. 
um, I think would really be a good opportunity for him. We've seen what happened to Ryan Tannehill once he got away from Adam Gase. And I think, you know, playing in a very quarterback-friendly system like Kyle Shanahan's, I think we could see the potential of what Sam Darnold can be because we've seen a lot of the bad and we've always known Sam Darnold, even when he was in college, like it was a very volatile player, but we haven't seen enough of the good. And I think that's the side that Shanahan can bring out and kind of balance it. So to get back to Jordan's idea of reaching, you know, self-understanding and resetting oneself and whatnot, <laughs> finding that balance. I think Sam Darnold going to California and the Niners can really help that. Sam Darnold finds enlightenment. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of enlightenment, the Seattle Seahawks. Does anybody think that there is actually a Russell Wilson separation coming down the pipeline? No. I see silence. I did not predict that as well. I put this in the Rodgers category where I think they, they, they need the drama. They need the chaos. I guess Green Bay yeah. needs the drama and um, Seattle needs like the good kind of chaos. The Eagles just can't get away from it, but Seattle, I think, thrives on it. So <laughs> we're all sticking with Russ there. We're good. Sierra yeah. doesn't have to move. Yeah, you know, I think yeah. they're in the state, they're like in one of those relationships where they're liking other people's Instagram posts, but it won't go further than that. Like, <laughs> that's, where, <laughs> that's where I think they're at right now. Like, I think it'll all settle down once you get to, once you get to September. Yep. Just a little healthy tension. They'll, they'll, they'll get back to uh, where they belong, which is with each other soon enough. <laughs> um, probably some more legitimate intrigue with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Because Ben Roethlisberger, uh, I think, is already working. Jeremy Fowler reported, he's with ESPN, on restructuring what would be a $41 million cap hit um, this season, which is, I think, not tenable. And given that Roethlisberger's play has been declining, uh, but that he doesn't want to retire, he told The Athletic that he wanted to play at least another year. He seems amenable to that. So I have them reaching a financially acceptable agreement for both sides and him playing another season and then drafting a quarterback in a mid round, I would pinpoint like a Kyle Trask for them. Uh, Kaylin, what do you think? I think that they're going to stick with big Ben. Um, I, I don't know if they really want to, I think it's a, you know, again, like the, the Steelers know that this relationship is ending. And I think that um, they could definitely look to the draft to kind of find uh, re a replacement. Like you said, Kyle Trask makes a lot of sense considering his physical traits. Um, but I, I don't know if the Steelers would benefit really from having Big Ben one more year. And especially with their defense, you know, I don't know if you want to waste an entire season, you know, kind of doing what, trying to repeat what didn't allow them to really succeed at the level that they wanted to. So I'm curious how that works out. Jordan, do you have an option that would make them better? Uh, I mean, I think they're kind of stuck where they are. I think it does make them better to get the contract restructured because they yep. can bring in other talent. So I guess if, if we're kind of thinking outside the box there, I think that's, that's the thing that could make them better is, is getting that deal figured out. Cause, cause you can't really do anything right now. Um, the, the restructure is like a compromise almost. It's like, all right, well, I'm not going to be here for that much longer, but, uh, for you to keep me sure I'll take less money, um, so that you can get better pieces around, um, and, and continue to sort of make your tweaks and your upgrades and in, in various places. Um, I, I like what you guys both said about Kyle Trask. And I think that, um, you know, you're looking at if there's any sort of implosion or anything, you're looking at them being 
heavy, heavy in the quarterback market in 22. Sure. It's funny because I think they they need to reach a compromise because of the cap hit. But uh, the thing that they can compromise on is that it seems like Ben wants to keep playing, which is maybe not the best situation for them. But <laughs> I would imagine that it's one that they will be in regardless. Uh, the next two teams, Tampa Bay and Tennessee. I have them stick into the status quo. Tom Brady running it back and then Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. Does anybody have anything different? Mm-hmm. Got that. No. That's what I got. Yep. Love it. So then that brings us to our final team, which is the Washington football team. Uh, Jordan, because I, I feel like you're somehow <laughs> I'm realizing how much like um, Panthers just sort of uh spreading around the league there is. I never really think of that, but there's so many people that you have a connection with. Um, It's why you know everything. So on that note, who do you have for Washington? This is where I pull out my Marcus Mariota card. Wow. (laughs) We have balloons. (laughs) Confetti goes everywhere. The crowd goes wild. Marcus Mariota in Washington. Tell me all about it. Everybody was waiting with bated breath for that big reveal. I feel like I'm on like, what was that extreme home makeover show where I roll the bus out of the way? Like, this is what this was. No. Okay. So I don't think, by the way, I don't think that this is like necessarily a super long-term solution for Washington, but I also think they look around at the division they're in and realize they could make the playoffs every year if they upgrade at quarterback, especially they could make a little bit of a run. Um, particularly with how in a year of extreme chaos um, and three, you know, working through three quarterbacks, um, they still went on the, uh, you know, made the playoffs and and did what they did. So I think they think that if they can upgrade um, even in the short term uh, for at that quarterback position, I think that Scott Turner would love to work with a Marcus Mariota. Um, He and Norv Turner did some really great things in Carolina with Cam Newton before Cam Newton's shoulder um, sort of reflared up uh, that that six game streak. It was just a, a really really special system and a really special thing to watch. And and I think that by bringing in, uh, I don't preclude like I don't think this means they're not drafting a quarterback. I think that they are very much going to be in the mix to um, maybe get a trade package together, maybe um, target a couple of different guys. Um, and, and so I think that's still a possibility for them. And, and clearly they want to upgrade the quarterback position. They were in on the Stafford trade. Um, they're going to be poking around on a variety of different trades, but the, the big tell to me that showed that Washington and, and Ron Rivera, they're very much looking to find their quarterback. I think if it's Marcus Mariota for the next, maybe two years, if it's a young guy, quarterback of the future is the fact that they brought Marty Herney back, um, onto that staff. Ron Rivera told me a long time ago that he and Marty Herney went into a bunker together while they were scouting Cam Newton back before picking him overall, number one overall, um, in that 2011 draft. And they spent like a thousand hours in that bunker and in Atlanta and like, they really had this process and we know Ron is like a process guy, right? So if he is going to try to mirror or replicate that quarterback seeking quarterback evaluation process and have Marty Herney as the consultant in that factor, um, you know, I think that that bringing him back, even with the other personnel people that they have in replicating that sort of quarterback search, 
um, I think is something that, that they're very much looking to do. I got to get you out of you guys out of here quick because I've taken too much of your time already. But Jordan, I need one sentence on this bunker. Like, where <laughs> what? Well, if you if you've been to Bank of America Stadium, the whole football operations, like the locker room and everything, it actually is down like at field level and it's all cement. So, you know, Ron moved his office down into like this windowless uh, janitor's locker room area so he could be underneath and like close to the locker room and there's no windows anywhere. So, um, they just like broke down like a thousand hours of tape and just, it was crazy. Like they, they really dug deep and they went out to Atlanta and stayed with his family and all this stuff. So I feel like that process and replicating a similar process in their quarterback search is, is a big part of why he brought back Marty Herney. Football coaches are not well-adjusted people. Chapter 682. <laughs> um, Kalen, real quick, what's your Washington football team prediction? Um, I've got another weird one, but I have Cam Newton slash Taylor Heineke. And I'm not sure how it works, but I feel like a Cam Newton reunion would, wouldn't be too bad of an idea if you're, if you're Washington. I mean, you, I don't know how much Cam Newton has left, but having a full off season in a with a familiar head coach would make a lot of sense. But also, we saw what Taylor Heineke could do in the limited time that he had. I don't know if he has any more than what he offered in that playoff game, but it'd be fun to see. Heineke (laughs) Hive. Uh, I had another Panthers quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater going there. So we're just all in this, like... Go Panthers. Carolina (laughs) North. Weird milieu. Um, All right. That is all 32 teams. And you guys have been real good sports doing all of this with me. I know it's a lot of work. We just have one little bonus because I don't think that we've gotten a chance um, on this show to talk about J.J. Watt, who was released by the Texans on Friday. It was more of a mutual parting of ways. Obviously, one of the most, if not the most significant player in that organization's history. But he was clearly unhappy as I think, and we've discussed this, a lot of people are with the direction of that franchise and would like a chance to go win and be in a different situation later in his career. I think some of the teams that's been reported are interested in him are the Browns, the Packers, um, just home for him, the Steelers, where his brothers are, Tampa, the Titans, the Bills. Um, a lot of teams obviously are going to be in the mix for a player like that. He was due to earn $17 million on his contract this season. Obviously, since they released that, that's that's not um, a direct part of the picture for wherever he signs. But I think money is one factor. The potential to win a Super Bowl is another factor. Location, culture, fit, all of that relevant. Um, but Jordan, we'll go to you first. And then Kalen, where would you like to see J.J. Watt? Um, I think he's a really good fit for Green Bay if they can figure out the the salary situation. I think there's some an emotional pull there for him as well. Um, and especially if Aaron Rodgers has uh, a similar season to what he just had, I think that's a really popular destination for him. I will say this. Um, I would expect that that almost every team in the league would at least make a call on this. And that would include the Rams based on you always make a call when, especially with cut players that you can turn into comp picks that uh, the Rams really love to do because they have no draft picks. (laughs) So um, I I wouldn't rule any of that out playing alongside Aaron Donald has a way of reviving one's career. Um, And you'd have to sign him around 10, 10 and a half, but you know, crazier things have happened, but I do think green Bay is probably the logical option here. 
Well, in Green Bay, so Green Bay and um, Pittsburgh are the emotional appeal options where the teams don't have enough money to make it simple. So you can see how there would be willingness on both sides to work something out. But I think both of those teams, um, obviously, we've talked about the, the Roethlisberger situation in Pittsburgh limiting their cap flexibility. But I can see him being more willing to work with with one of those guys, although you make a compelling argument for L.A. Kalen, what's your J.J. Watt destination? <laughs> I agree with Jordan. I think it's going to end up being Green Bay. And if they do end up signing him and managing to keep, you know, Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith on the outside, you can kick J.J. Watt inside. I know that uh, Sam Monson from Pro Football Focus uh, tweeted out a few days ago, like J.J. Watt since 2019 has been, uh, I think he graded out 90.1, which is like fourth in their grading system as far as an interior defender versus 25th as an edge rusher. So I know that his days as a dominant defensive end are probably in, you know, in the twilight, but he's a difference maker on the inside. And I think he could really rejuvenate that defense, especially going up against, you know, Tom Brady and the way that he kind of picked them apart, you know, throughout the first half of that playoff game. If they're able to get consistent pressure, their defense will, you know, can uh, once again, you know, keep them in, in contention as an NFC contender. I love it. I kind of like him to the Browns, but we will go out on this. Um, our wonderful producer, Arjuna, just slacked me that my buddy Mike Giardi just tweeted that John Robinson said the Titans did indeed reach out to J.J. Watt. And the quote was, he probably won't remember this, but I worked him out when I was with the Patriots. He pushed me around for two hours. So <laughs> feather in the Titans, um, <laughs> Titans cap for that one. Uh but we will see what happens there. Thank you guys so much for offering all of your wisdom and all of your predictions and all of your, you know, romantic advice for these quarterback needy teams. <laughs> um, Jordan, where can people catch your work? Yeah. So you guys can find me over at theathletic.com. Um, I, I do NFL features and I cover the Los Angeles Rams out here in, in sunny California. So, um, where Sam Darnold will soon be playing apparently. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, you can find me over there and you can find me on Twitter at Jordan Rodrigue. Um, I also host the 11 personnel podcast, which if you want to get real granular about the Rams, come over and find us, subscribe to us anywhere you get your podcasts. And Kalen, obviously you are on the ringer.com. Uh, anything you're excited to plug that you're working on? Um, I don't have anything to plug at the moment, but I will say, um, Jordan, your, your feature on Brandon Staley, cause you mentioned teaching, um, that, that was one of my favorite reads of the year. So Kaylin, don't read, oh my don't God. Read stuff. you're All the right. best. All right. <laughs> We're going to do it again. We're, We're getting gross again. again. <laughs> We're going to take this offline. Um, this has been the ringer NFL show, part of the ringer podcast network. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.